Welcome, Golden Globies. We just went from a week, uh, uh, a weekend last week with snow. Actually, that was Monday. We had all that snow. Yeah. And here we are being blessed with an 80 degree day. The good God. And then we're going to go back to cold. In a we're going to go days. back to pretty cold. Yeah. It's going to be a little more mild, not too cold, but still bullshit. I just want to say, I'm, this week I'm coming off the injured reserve. I've got a hellish sinus infection right now. That's why my voice is even sexier than normal. Yep. Uh, you know, I was at Coachella, Griff, and when you're nailing as much wool and eating <laughs> as many peaches as I am, you're sure to pick up something. Jesus I think Christ. I got that from eating some peaches. <laughs> nailing. I like it. It's, you like? By the way, Billy said hi. I, I talked to Billy Eilish. Oh, Billy Eilish. Huge yeah. fan of yours. She loved your uh, video. I, I, I showed her the video from the wedding, yeah. which none of you guys are going to get to see because you failed. You, yeah. You failed. That's right. I hear they well, put it up on the background at Coachella. Yeah, they did. They, they made a hologram. I don't know how they did. They made a hologram out of it. They had a hologram of that? Of your entire thing. Yeah, she interacted with it. Oh, my God. Is that how she was? I wish you guys would have actually voted on that poll. You can actually see what we're talking about, but you're never going to see it. Is that how she intru- like introduced her set? Yeah. Like, I got to introduce her set. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. That's amazing. She probably stepped up when I blew the roses. Kiss blow- blew the roses. It was right yes, in her face. That's exactly what happened. God damn, that's beautiful. I didn't get to see it. I was well, too busy. You had, to hold, you had to hold the fort down here. I had to hold yeah. the fort down here because as soon as we we leave the podcasting studio people try to rob us so i have to hold it down right that's why you live on a compound so this is this is exciting we have nice weather it's muddy as fuck in my yard but still i'll take it um i feel like super mario having to jump from a little yeah my stones there Yeah. yeah but at least you don't have to stomp through the mud anymore it's true murray i got a big gripe with modern sports i have a big gripe with modern sports too I'm yeah, not, I'm gonna save it for some other day. It's funny. I hate mentioned- all modern sports. To be honest with you. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned being on the injury list. They're coming yeah. off the injury, injury list reserve, for this because yeah. that's that's probably your least favorite thing about modern sports is yeah. people just. I'm gonna take the day off. Yeah, I need a rest. I need a rest. That's. I'm uh, thinking about guys like I. You know how much I loathe Larry Bird, but he would get his teeth knocked out in the first quarter and be back in the second half. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm playing." Yeah, I love that kind of. You know, we need to get back to that. It sucks. Yeah. Basketball seems to be the worst offender of it. It is. In, inmates running the asylum right now in basketball. Uh, you probably aren't too happy about football then because all the free agents are just like, I'm not going to play. Not even free agents. People who don't like their contract are just like, I'm not going to play anymore. Yeah. I don't That's like a pretty that. crazy situation. It's interesting. You know, there's always a UFL they can go to. Yeah. There, there we go. The Michigan Marshals or something? Michigan Panthers. Michigan Panthers. Proud history. Football champion Michigan Panthers. That's right. Say. Hello. Well, what beef do you have with modern sports today? This is so all the polls are out there. Everyone hates billionaires now. It's like 75% of people. If you look back 10 years ago, it was only like 35% of people disapproved of billionaires. We've talked about this before, yeah. Yeah. I hate billionaires. Yeah. Now it's at 75%. People have realized billionaires fucking suck. Did you hear the thing about Bezos having a homeless shelter added on to the the warehouse? This is serious. The warehouse. And he's like, yeah, if our, if our workers want to go and help the homeless, they can go do that. Like, I think it's more to scare the shit out of these people for losing their job by saying this could be you. Maybe. I. That's interesting. I Bezos did not is a know fucking him. dick. I hate that guy. Uh, that's why he looks like a dick. Yeah. Like you look at him and he's got the perfect spherical penis head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my problem is, because everyone hates billionaires, now suddenly they need to be featured when they own a team. 
every sports right. venue I wa- or sports event I watch now, the camera crew has to cut, and obviously this is like the production team. Has to cut over to the owners. Yeah, there was a day you never knew what the owners looked like. Exactly. You didn't care. But because they have such bad press now, they're like, I want to be seen. I well, want to be a celebrity. Yeah, we've talked about it. It's not enough to be a billionaire anymore. They have to be loved. Exactly. It's like nobody loves a fucking billionaire. Right. Especially because like there is no billionaire. They all go, I'm a self-made billionaire. Elon Musk, I'm a self-made bi-. No, your fucking dad was a gem, like a miner or something and had fucking shit tons of gems and precious jewels. Well, there's nobody's become a billionaire that didn't hurt people to get there. That's This is the way it comes hand in hand. Yeah. And again... These people usually started with a big stepping stone already. Of course, they're born on people. third base. Take it back to your baseball. Thank you. you. And so here we are, third base. Miguel Cabrera gets his 3,000th hit. We, of course, we're recording this on our normal Saturdays. And you think the camera would be focused on him. Everybody's coming out to celebrate with him. Just in the middle of the game. They just stopped it for this. And they keep cutting over to current owner. Again, we just talked about no one ever earned this shit. So Chris Illich, who was just handed the team, who has to go out there. He's on the broadcast booth all the time to just be like, yeah, I'm just a really nice guy. just really like baseball. So they keep cutting to him and his wife hugging, smiling, and clapping. I don't give a shit about Chris Illich. I want to look at the fucking guy got the 3,000 hit who's like nearly t- crying up. I hate fucking billionaires. You know they're saying, yeah, you get me on that camera. Well, you know it, yeah. I fucking hate why, these why, why else would we have to see I'm, them? I'm done talking about hate, though. Murray, we had the most convoluted, stupid, late 90s action film last week. Yeah. And we have the most perfect action movie this week. Very simple, very to the point, and very deep. You're not going to... When you hear the name Bronson, you don't really think about no. deep, but... I got to say, when I uh, when I first saw this movie, when I was closer to Jim Michael Vincent's character's age, <laughs> I just saw it as a, a cool kind of hitman. Yeah. But now that I'm like closer to Bronson's age, he was 50 when he he did this movie. Yeah. And now that I'm a broken down shell of a man, yeah, I see like this movie's not just about being a hitman. It's about the frustration of getting older and not being able to do the things you could do. It's yeah. about being lonely. It's about wanting a human connection. Like, right. And it's about money not... Because Bezos could learn this. Money doesn't buy you happiness. No, it absolutely doesn't. I really like... There's really good fucking shots in this. There's the whole uh, Bosch painting he's constantly staring into. Right. And... He looks at each part of it, and that's the three section. I forget what it was, but it's all. Yeah. It's, like, it's, a, it's like all of his shit. It's the hellscape. Yeah, that's kind of what his life is in this movie because he has no life. Like, he's got all this money, all this fine art. Yeah, but he has nobody to share it with in his life. And I like originally this movie. The, the writer of this movie wrote as these these two as gay characters, and I'm, and of course, in the seventies, Bronson's like, I ain't playing no fucking gay character. Yeah, but I'm glad they didn't go because to me, it cheapens it. Because I don't. This is this goes beyond. I think this is just about somebody looking to connect with somebody, not on a sexual level, but on any kind of level. Yeah, because he's such like. First of all, he's super paranoid because his job is like killing people. Yeah, so he doesn't trust people. Yeah, but he wants to desperately. We'll get into it. He has this weird relationship with this hooker. Oh man, you shouldn't even brought up it was a hooker. I yeah. but whatever. Okay, spoiler. Spoiler. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a lot deeper than people give it credit for. I think it's really interesting too because uh, I compared it to John Wick, 
where they wanted to do this cool secret society of killing people. But John Wick, again, it's already not our bad because it's super stylized bullshit. And they had to use a dog as motivation. I already don't like it as super secret society. In this one, he just works for the mob. You know? Oh, was it a mob? Yeah, he was just, he was just the, the mafia. Oh, okay. I just know that they were talking about... They call it the association. The association. I just knew he was like a mechanic, and then he's like, my dad was a judge, so I thought there was more layers to it. But just even in that vein, it's like, I, that was so much more cryptic and cool of just like barely giving you details about it, whereas, I don't know. Anyways, don't like it. You brought up the fact that this is Bronson. I mean, he's in the 70s. This is a good era for Bronson. 60s and 70s were definitely Bronson's best movies. Yeah. This is where he was a star. In the 60s, he was in a lot of good movies, but he was like second banana character, like Dirty Dozen and Magnificent Seven and that yeah. kind of shit. But he became a star. Because he, he went to Italy and became a star first. And then he became a star here. But So, yeah, it's, I yeah, I always take seventies Bronson over. I mean, eight. I I enjoy eighties Bronson because it's ridiculous. But you know you what know. it's like. It's like when Vince turned uh, wrestling into a cartoon show. It's like you had you had the old gritty kayfabe wrestling, and then Vince turned everything into a cartoon. That's eighties Bronson. Yeah, it just got you're seeing a guy who's sixty years old like kicking the shit out of twenty year olds. Like oh, I can and always suspend disbelief. So fucking twenty year olds that are thirsty <laughs> as. Fuck for right, his yeah, dick. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was shocking because usually that was the role of his wife because he would always make them hire his wife for a job, Jill Ireland. Because who's she, in this movie? In, of course. She was in. He, he literally would be like, I'm not going to be in the movie unless you find a part for my wife. So I mean, I guess that's cool of him to do for his wife, but. I really like how it worked in this. I don't know. I'm sure this scene existed before and they're just like, fine, whatever. We'll put her in there. But right. still, it's like, if they put it in that scene in there for this, then it worked out really well. I really right. like that scene. Oh, okay, so Murray, you said you got to see. Okay, we did that part. We did the seventies, eighties part. Yeah. <laughs> trying to cover our itinerary. This is great. This is good. This is good potty. Oh man, I don't know what else to say about this. I saw this years ago. You told me about it. Yeah, and it just washed over me. I was like, yeah, it was okay. It was good. I didn't right. think much of it. And then right. uh, now I watched it just the other day. You're a little the- older now. We're a little seasoned. Oh, experienced life a little more. Way more season. And, you know, the first time through, I probably was like, yeah, it's kind of boring. It's a little bit slow. And I feel like that's the reaction that a lot of people will get when they first watch this. But, god damn it. Like I say, you take away more from it the older you get. The more you're relating to the Bronson character. Yeah. They'll take much away from it. Right. It's so good that they get Jan Michael Vincent in there who's trying to push things along. Stringfellow Hawk, was that his name? (laughs) (laughs) Airwolf. I hope I got that. Oh, yeah. I hope I got that right, Jack. Oh, God. That name is so tough to remember. Yeah. It was like Yeah. I mean, he he was amazing in this. This is a super douche. I mean, he's great at it. He kills it. Yeah. And super like uh, antisocial and like, I don't belong to these time, kind of broody, kind of just. Love it, like so well. That's kind of, that's the thing. He's so like, I mean, Bronson and the character Bronson plays Arthur Bishop identifies as an outsider, and he see, meets a guy like he's kind of most fucked up as I am, kind yeah. of thing. He's like, I you know like he understands me, kind of thing. It would. I think he was just like, man, I'm fucked up. This kid's really fucked up. But I, I think that's just like with music and taste and everything, where it's just like what I thought was cool. Is no longer cool. This guy's gone two steps above. Anyways, we got a lot of movie to talk about. We're gonna. This is gonna. This is a love fest episode. 
we're both big fans of this movie. Yeah. So we're gonna have this a is good my that's why I say this is my favorite Bronson movie. I so. I get it. This is just really good. Well, let's get to it then. All right, everybody, get ready for a tune-up. Here's the trailer for The Mechanic. Yes. Mr. Bishop, we would like you to go ahead. There are a thousand ways to kill a man. And one assassin... ...knows them all. Murder is only killing without a license. And everybody kills. But when the best in the business... There are times when I could use a backup. ...takes on a partner... I'm going to teach you all I can. The last hit of his life... Play to win, do you? I'm going to pick my own mark. ...could be his own. The Mechanic is a non-stop thrill ride. Charles Bronson. Jan Michael Vincent. How long till she goes? Just about now. Murray, we open this movie to silence. Yeah, 16 minutes of, well, no dialogue. I shouldn't say silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. No dialogue. We forgot to mention, too, this movie was directed by Michael Winner, who did the first three Death Wishes. He's a uh, regular collaborator with Charles Bronson. So This is a more subdued Michael Winner movie. Yeah. No rape. Nobody gets raped in this movie. Which Take is the it. fucking maker for that. Yeah, that. I guess. Well, there's only a couple female. I mean, there's some straight up drama queen women in this movie, but yeah, you don't get raped. Thank you, Michael Winner, for just sparing us that scene. Right. So this opening scene, we're basically setting up how Arthur Bishop, the mechanic, does his job. He's a hitman. Yeah, and he's meticulous about his work. He wants he always he likes to make them look like accidents, so you can get the perfect crime. You can get away with it. He doesn't just walk up to somebody and shoot him in the back of the head. That's right. So we open up. He's at, there's like this kind of rundown part of town. He goes up to this apartment and he pulls out the most gigantic telescopic lens I've ever seen. Yeah, lots of Kinjatashi cases going yes, on here. And of, of course, we're always expecting him to pull out a branch long or something. <laughs> no. No, he, he's no got wildies to be seen. No wildies to be seen in this movie. Yeah, no. more subdued, like you said. He yeah. keeps the little uh, uh, Willie Dynamite Derringer in his pants. You know, he's uh. subtle. But yeah, so he's opening up his telescope. He's looking in there, and he's gonna peep across the across the street, right? Because he needs to. Well, he, and he, he's got it can connect to a camera. But oh, that's right. He's very meticulous. Yeah. So he's right now. He's just staking it out. He's not gonna kill the guy yet. Yeah. So he's staking out his apartment across the street. So he needs a telescopic lens so he can get really up close to his apartment. Right. And so this guy again, he's also got. I forget what they call him when everything is just in the one room. Studio apartment. The studio. So he's just so he's in a studio. He's looking across the street at a studio, and he's looking in the kitchen. He sees that big old colossal white bread, and he's like, "This guy's gonna have him a nice sandwich today." Is that yeah. is that your bread? You like the colossal? <laughs> the colossal. Yeah. Well, there's a nice sandwich eating scene in here. We'll get to later. Are you uh, excited for that? <laughs> and actually, I do like the scene because it's such a cold blooded scene. But yeah, yeah, it is well, a good, good yeah. scene. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so he's. Taking 
pictures of the stove, pictures of the bookcase. Like, hmm, I've never read that book. You know, he's yeah. taking notes. Like, maybe I'll check that out. Right. Or maybe I'll just take it. I mean, right. <laughs> TV. He's like, oh, this guy's been eating the, the Hungry Men's TV tra- dinner trays on the TV. Another sad, lonely man. This is the theme of this, this movie. Sad, this lonely really man. is. And he's isolating himself in this little studio apartment as well. Right. But it's also like, it's very interesting. I didn't think about that. So actually. then he heads home to his palatial estate, his own like Playboy mansion. And, and to really emphasize that he's in his Playboy pajamas, yes. got the pipe, he's got the pipe, got all the pictures. He's got he has a like wall that opens up that he just puts his like shit up that he studies. It's so fucking cool with the red yarn, all that shit. Yep, he's got it's like a green green velvet board, and then he sets up all the pictures and everything, and then he's got this beautiful couch he sits back on with his pipe and gigantic a, cassette console. Yep. And he always fucking turns on that classical because right. he's, he's a classy killer. Well, he's sophisticated, yeah. He's very sophisticated. He's but got all this fine art and everything. Bottle of wine and everything. And he's, he's just study while well, he's got his ball of wax and he squeezes his hand. On. Yeah. So after he's done, and we do a lots of close-ups and zoom-ins on the various little files he has and everything, and he's running his finger down like all the pictures, and he's looking at... Okay, so the pictures are black and white, and he's like... Bingo, and he's pointing out a book. And I guess what was special about that book was it stood out in some way. Yeah. So but. Can... <coughs> yeah. So he goes back to the flop house apartment. And while well, he breaks in, he goes in, he goes to that guy's apartment. Yeah. Breaks in, and he sets up his, he's going to make it look like a, a gas explosion. I noticed that the lock that they were using. On his doorknob was the very same lock we saw in the Conair uh, handcuffs because he just took the smallest <laughs> right. little piece of metal, touched right. it to the door, and it just opened. Well, I he's a professional, so I I, I can believe that Bronson could do it. I can't believe Diamond Dog yeah. with a nail with can, a nail. Yeah, it doesn't make sense in the library. We were doing a clue thing. I oh. thought. <laughs> yeah. Kill the momentum. So he goes up to the stove. I don't know. Like this, I got, I was a little. Conf- I, I get the gist of what they're doing, but I got kind of confused. I don't know how old stoves work. Is there a pilot light in old stoves? Yes. Okay. I'm, that was what I was like. Clearly, we're doing a pilot light thing here. Yeah. I didn't hundred percent get what was happening and what chemicals he's working with because he's got eye drops. Right. Of stuff well, what he and- does is he he takes like the gas line and he puts he, he hooks a new. Uh, a new hose onto the gas line. Yeah. And it's got. He puts something in the hose. Where I guess it's supposed to expand later. It's like time released. Yeah. And it's going to blow out the pilot light. Yeah. So he does that, and then he gets a little glob of like like chewing gum or like something. And yep. He puts it on a pipe, and then he puts some acid on it, so it will slowly seep through. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then he grabs the guy. He he sees the guy's got a teapot, so he grabs his tea bag. And I think he puts drugged tea. Okay. So he knew about that before, because yeah. I was like, wait. He could have. I, I had to do a triple look because I was like, "Wait, did he just pull a pocket full of the same tea bread right. bag?" So yeah, it was like he put some sleeping pills or something right. in it. Yeah, yeah, because you can see this guy. This guy must be British because he loves his tea, and it was English tea. Right, that's what it said on the box. So, Good. so okay, he's got that all set up, and then he goes to that bookcase and he finds that book that stood out. What was that book? I didn't notice. I think it was Hemingway. Okay. Yeah. Old man in the sea. Old man in the sea. <gasps> Fairy on the nose. He's an old man. He's lost in the sea of the city. Right. 
and he pulls out some is some goo. He just spreads on it. I'm guessing it, it well, it was an explosive type charge. I guess. Yeah, I guess it was some kind of uh, plastic explosive, glue explosive. That right. was a thing in the 70s, I'm sure. Some kind of accelerant. Yeah. Isn't that what, how they put Pintos together? Yes. In the 70s, sure. Yeah. Then he goes back He goes back to his room across the street and stakes it out. The guy shows up. Gets this. First thing he does, he goes for that tea. He's got to have that tea. It's a cold day. Got to have warm tea. And then he's like, eh, I'm going to do a little reading. Thank God he didn't pick up the old man at the sea. He was right. He was in uh, an Aldous Huxley mode. He went in Brave New World. <laughs> <he was reading. laughs> it's so weird you brought that up. I was listening to some of his interviews uh, yesterday with Aldous Huxley. That old audio, it's cool, but it's so hard to fucking understand sometimes, that old engineering equipment and all that. And he starts reading the old Brave New World, and then he's like yawning because that tea, the drug tea, is that, that bloody tea, little King Diamond reference. Yep. And he just starts dozing off, falls asleep, and then we see all the shit in the stove starts going to work. Yep. That that thing knocks out the pilot light. Yeah, we got a mouse trap contraption happening here. Right, Rube Goldberg. Rube Goldberg. You see the acid finally... Cuts through that pipe so the gas starts leaking out of it. Yeah, the... okay. Yep, this is making sense. And then you think, well, I guess he would. I, I was thinking, you just let him die of inhaling gas, but then you, they'd find all the shit that he put in the stove. So. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, at some points in this movie, it's not microwave timing, but this is definitely a microwave timing because Bronson looks at his watch and realizes the acid has gone through, the foam thing has snuffed out the pilot light, and, you know, the gas is starting to fill the place. Right. So we got microwave timing happening here. Yeah, but I buy it because, like we said, there's so many setup scenes of him being meticulous about studying 100%. Shit that I'm like, okay, I believe that he knows yeah. the exact time. He, like, he would actually practice on a stove. Exactly. Exactly. He's you know. probably got a warehouse full of gas stoves that he just fucking blows up all the time. Right. Uh, no, I 100% believe this. Then he gets out the sniper rifle, lines it up with that book. Boom. Fucking whole building explodes. So this is really cool because we're looking in uh, uh, Bronson's face as it looks out the window. We can see the fire in the background. Again, old old man Bronson, his hair's all over, hanging over He's his face and everything. Constantly pulling the hair out of constantly his face. Constantly annoying you. <laughs> well, you noticed that today. I got yeah, you went and got, you saw this uh, movie. You're like, I really like it. I got to get my I hair I think that's cut. why I get sick because I'm like the reverse Samson. When my hair starts touching my ears, I just get weak. You get weak, yeah. So you got to strengthen up. Okay. Well, yeah, great explosion. It would be fucking CGI nowadays. Back in the day, this blew up a building. Yeah. And he's just sitting there meticulously taking it. Meticulously is the word of the day. Just taking his gun apart, putting it back into the Kinshitashe case. And, uh, yeah, he's got to go meet up now. We're going into the next day, I believe. And he's meeting up with his old friend, Harry. Yeah. And Harry, he's quite the character. And he's just like, Art. Baby, I got I got into some shit with the association. They they want to kill me. Can you straighten it out? You're, you know your dad. He had so much pull. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, but your dad had so much pull, man. He's like, that was my dad. Wasn't wasn't he trying to say me and your dad used to be friends? You need to do this for me because uh, I was friends with your dad. Right. It's bullshit. Well, then he even he even fucks it up even more by telling the story from his past. So like he's like, I'll see what I can do. And then they go outside. He's like. Remember that time we went fishing? Yes. And your dad said, fuck it. And you're like, what, eight? Your dad's like, fuck it. We'll throw him in the water and see if he can learn how to swim. Yeah. 
That was so fucking funny. You were like drowning, but you didn't fucking sell at all. You just stared at your dad. Yeah. And I had to fucking pull. I grabbed you by your hair and pulled you out. And like Bronson's like, yeah, he remembered that. <laughs> so this is where like this is where it all. I mean, this is character development because this is where it started. Like he, at an early age, he couldn't even trust his own father. Yeah. And that's why like I get really annoyed when you see those videos of parents pranking their kids, I think that's really disgusting yeah. because it's like if there's anybody a kid should be able to trust, it's their parents. Right. So when you see the videos, like the cruel videos, the commercial, uh, cartoon, uh, cartoon Christmas videos where it's like, hey, here's an Xbox and then it's like underwear and socks in it and they don't get a fucking Xbox. Yeah. You're a sick motherfucker. That's fucked up. And you're, you're like, so, so you'd, you'd rather destroy your kid's life to get some likes on fucking social media. Right. You're a piece of shit is what I'm saying. <sighs> it, it's true. No, it's fucked up. So, like, it was just as Bronson, like you tell, he's, he's, he's got that wax ball. He's ready to punch fucking Harry in the face. Yep. Then, nice foreground and fucking sexy ass just appears right in the foreground of that scene. <laughs> it's Jam Michael Vincent, a.k.a. Steve. Yeah. The son of Harry. So, this is interesting because we're talking about one father-son terrible relationship. We're about to see another father-son terrible relationship. Because Harry, conf- uh, Steve walks right up to his dad and he's like, hey, dad. I need 1K bread. I need 1,000 breads. Colossal. couple thousand slices of bread. A couple thousand slices of bread. And, you know, Harry's just like, no, I'm not going to give. And he's like, Dad, cut the axe. You know how you like it when I come to you asking for money. It makes you feel a little powerful. And then Steve turns to uh, Arthur, and he's just like, my dad steals money from people. And then he gives me shit about wanting the money. But you see, I don't know he likes this shit. He likes to feel like he's got one over on me. So, Dad, make with the bread. Right. He's got his dad's number. He's got his dad figured out. And Art is like, oh, I'll see myself out. So he leaves. <laughs> he goes Back home. He, and this is another thing. It's just toes of the paranoia. Like he, he spots somebody outside. And he's like. Yeah, this is the first shot we get of him of being like. Nose touching his uh, uh, original Hieronymus Bosch painting, I believe, and he's just staring into it. And then, yeah, he 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 somehow hears a rustling outside, four thousand feet away from him, and he's like, "Who is this? It's a package. Who who delivers packages at midnight? Syndicate does. Yeah, exactly. Syndicate does. Yeah. And he and it's a it's a package from the Syndicate. The next hit, and lo and behold, it's Harry. They're, that syndicate is done with Harry. They're right. tired of his bullshit, and and uh, fucking Art's like, all right, this shows what a cold blood fucker he is. Right? It's like, wait, does he have any kind of connection? Because he did seem pretty turned off by his fr- oh, oh, friend Harry. I think Harry thought they were bigger friends than they are. Oh, yeah. definitely. I'm sure he's holding a grudge because he's like, yeah, you were part of that whole thing where I almost drowned. You fucking piece of shit. Exactly. You know? So he he's he's going to the tape deck. He's putting on his fucking classical. He's getting out the ball of wax, and he's just staring down those pictures. He's Squeezing like, the shit out of the No, just wax. what I got to do. So now, he, like we said, he's meticulous. He's setting up. He's like figuring out, how am I going to kill Harry and make it look like an accident? Because that's gotta what I do. Got to be an accident. So he's out on the beach, and he's running, and he's timing shit. And he's just like, okay, this is this is exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah, this I'm 50 years old. This winded me. He's going to be running uphill. He's 20 years older than me. So, yeah, his bims are going to be off and the chart. And we, we, he, he had his medical records and shit. So he's he did. heart condition. Yep, pacemaker in there. Right. Yeah. guy. It said specifically in bold font, can't run uphill more than 10 feet. 
Right. So you he's know, like this because he's like my bem couch are through the roof, but this guy's an elderly man, so yeah, his bems are weak. So back at home, studying all of his paintings again. When he gets the call, please go ahead with the job. That's it. Yeah. Anytime you want, just whenever you feel comfortable with it, go ahead. It's because they know he's got to do things his way, right? Because he's a professional. He's a professional. So now we're back at that uh, that beach, and he set up Harry thinking, like, look, I worked everything out with the syndicate. They want to meet you. It doesn't sound, this doesn't sound totally suspicious. They want to meet you on a beach in the middle of nowhere. Hey, man, you got to do shady shit when you're a shady guy. So <laughs> It's close to the docks. It's, I Quasi-docks. Saw, I saw one in the distance, yeah. so it's it was in the mind, you know. So he's like, you go down there, I'll be up here waiting for you. Yeah. And as he's sitting there, Harry's starting to get a little, well, uh, intimidated by the situation. He's like, come on out! I thought we were going to talk! And then suddenly, a bullet passes right by his feet. Well, we see Arthur, like, screwing out a silencer onto a gun. Yeah. And he just starts shooting at Harry. Yeah, and so Harry's freaking out, and he's like, what the fuck is this? I thought we were going to talk! And then uh, Arthur comes up over the hill, he's like, Harry! It's a setup. Get out of there. Run up the hill. Run real fast. Keep running. They're going to keep taking. I'm trying to get a line on them, but I can't. He's like, oh, oh, my bims, my bims. (laughs) (laughs) And he runs up. He finally makes it to the car. He collapses in the fucking driver's seat. The whole way, Bronson's taking shots at him faster. I can see the bullets coming at you right now. They're going to strike you. And you can see he's starting to have a heart attack. Yeah. And then he looks up and he sees Arthur standing over him with that gun. He's like, he's resigned. He's like, okay, this, this, make it quick, dude. You know, I'm resigned to the fact I'm going to die. Yeah. And man, Arthur, ruthless. He just gives him the no, no, no. And he fucking smothers him instead of shooting him. Right. Because he, he want that heart attack. It's got to look like an accident. Yeah. So yeah, Arthur, or, uh, Harry doesn't get his wish. He gets fucking strangled. Whew. So now he's got to release some tension after that. So he goes to see his old girlfriend. And right when he opens that door, she is like, oh, my Lord. It, I can't even remember. It, it was like Willie Dynamite returning to his main squeeze. Right. And she is over the moon. I didn't total stop thinking dr- about drama you. Queen. Yeah, yeah, total drama. I haven't stopped thinking about you since the last time you were here. When was that? Three weeks ago? Four weeks ago, thought she couldn't stop thinking about him, but she can't even remember the last time he was over. <laughs> so he's just kind of like, "Yes, I know my penis is quite excellent." And she's like, "I wrote a letter to you. I didn't send it." And it's all about, "Oh, you're the love of my life, and yeah. I just want to, I want to share the burden that you carry on your shoulders." He, and it's getting to him. You can see he's getting rocked by this. He's like, "No, stop." Right. They they were like kind of on separate pages here because th- he seemed kind of annoyed and tired and she was all uppity. You know, she's like going going nuts over him. And he's like, yes, get off my balls, woman. And then she brings up the letter. And he's like, you wrote me a letter? Let's hear it. And yeah, so he's losing his mind over this letter. He's like, this is the most beautiful letter I've ever heard. Scoops her up. She's like, yes, my love, take me to bed. <laughs> So right. off the bed we go. By the way, this is this is Jill Ireland's role, and then we see post fuck. 
He's getting his clothes back on. He he does the nice hair flip now. He's a child again. That's kind of what that was. It was a youthful hair flip he did. And she's like, yeah, it'll be $100. She's like, it took me a while to write that letter. Well, how'd you like it? Yeah. It was pretty good. So, I mean, I like this because it's like he... Like he can't all he, like the women he deals with are just emotionally distant women because that's, that's all he can deal with because yeah. he can't open up his emotions, so he's got to like he can't have a real relationship with a woman. So it's these weird role play prostitute things. Yeah, it just it works really well for Bronson because again he's looked like an eighty year old man since the time you know since he was forty. So it works really well for him to not be dating a twenty year old like in almost all of his eighty movies. Right. So, yeah, we're seeing this is a really sad, lonely guy, you know. And, and he wants he, that letter. He wants that emotional toll. Right. Know? He wants it for real. That's the sad part of it. He really, This is what he wants. He wants to be wanted, basically, because he, like I said, he leads a lonely life. He has no friends, no nothing. Owner of a lonely heart. So, so it's Harry's funeral. Arthur and Steve are in the background. It's what they... Steve's just there because he has to be there. It's his dad. Nobody wants to be here. Right. And Steve has kind of figured out that his dad was involved in shit and everything. So he's trying to weed out information from uh, Arthur. And he's just like, I bet you're into some heavy shit, man. I mean, I saw your look the other day when we were talking about how you nearly drowned as a kid. And, I mean, you definitely – you're up to something. I want to get in on this. And Bronson's playing coy, and he's just like, I got to go. And so Steve's like, well, can I get a ride home? Well, yeah, Steve wants it because his dad kept him out of the fucking business. He's like, you he wanted him to like go to school and become a lawyer or some shit. Yeah. And, and he's like, no, this is, I was made for this shit. Yeah. And I think there's a definitely a connection here that's happening where uh, uh, Steve didn't have a good father figure. Right. And Bronson wants somebody close to him. So right. he's like... Yeah, right, that's how right. I, I read it as a father-son mentor-mentee exactly. thing, not like a, the, the originally the gay thing. I think it's more like he wants somebody he can pass his skills on to. 100%. It's, right. it's not even about the skills. It's about I had a fuck of a dad. I want to be a good dad to prove to myself and to my dad who's watching me up above that, you know. Well, probably down below. He wasn't Probably down below, mob, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, you know, I could have been an awesome father, unlike him. So... Right. I, I think there's a competition happening here with his late dad. Right. And he's like, let's get out of here. So these bail out in the middle of the funeral, hop in their car, go over to uh, to Harry's place, which is now Steve's place. Yes. And as they pull up, it's a fucking party. It's an orgy. It's a rave. Yeah. You got people there playing fucking harpsichords and uh, flutes and uh, uh, crazy hippie kid shit. This is such a like a middle-aged guy's view of the crazy kids back then. Oh, yeah. These kids are crazy. They're just... They're, they've got like a banquet and they're stuffing a turkey in a pillowcase or some shit. <laughs> All kinds of weird shit. There's a giant here. stuffed poodle doll in there. Where, did who did that belong to? That, that there was a person in that? No. Because they, they scan over it. Is there, it the same guy that was in the cheetah costume in <laughs> Superman 4? It was. Yeah. It was because I read his eyes. Yeah. There's two big cutouts uh, for his eyes and they scan over him and you can see the eyes in there. That's even creepy. fucking creepy as shit. That's how weird of a party this is there's a there's a they go in the bathroom i'm expecting bronze to see somebody fucking no it's just the people in the bathtub water pouring on them trying to contact john lennon while a pig sits on, on the, the sink com- yeah and th- these crazy hippie kids they're out of control there's a moment as they're walking through the crowd where bronson says to him like 
you've got a lot of friends. And he's like, yeah, I don't really like them. I don't think they're my friends. So again, that disassociation with people, you know, he's, right. a, he's a shell of a human Kindred being soul. Too. Yeah. Exactly. So Bronson's <laughs> like, okay, I'm really digging this. Uh, we follow we follow Steve into his room. He's gonna you know take a shirt off and everything, put on a new shirt, and some guy comes running in. Louise is on the phone for you. So he goes to get a phone, and as we were walking through the house, there wasn't just the one person trying to talk to Lennon. Everybody's on his phones. There's right. 45 phone lines. Everybody is using them. And so he picks up the phone, and the person's like, hello, this is Afghanistan. He's like, I didn't call Afghanistan. Hangs up, picks up the other phone, and it's Louise. She's she, Now he's got his own drama queen. He's like, Steve, I'm going to do it this time. What's that, baby? I'm going to kill myself because you don't love me. Wow, that sounds very interesting. Have a nice time with that. I'm serious, Steve. You need to come over here and see me do it. Well, that sounds like a good time. Maybe I will do that. Yeah. So he hangs up on her, turns over, looks over. Uh, Arthur's just hanging out there. Hey, you want to go on a little errand with me? Sure. <laughs> Why not? He's got nothing else to do. He's right. got kind of a friend. Right. So, you know, he's like, I got to roll with this. I want to see what's going to happen here. So they go over. I thank God I've never been with a woman like this, but I've known guys who have. Because oh. she's the classic. I'm going to kill myself. For a minute there, I thought she just wanted to fuck because she's like, I've got the fireplace. I've got the ice cubes. I've got the wine. I've got the DeHart. And I was like, oh. But she also had the razors. Yeah. And she's like wearing a kimono or some shit. Yeah. She's sitting on like a circle bed. And it's a hippie. Right. And she's like, I'm going to do it. Can- Wait a minute. Candles everywhere. This is the greatest part of the scene. Wait. Mind if I take a little bit of this wine while you're doing that? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's been through this. Obviously, she pulls his shit all the time when he gets bored with her and Constantly. shit. Constantly. Yeah. So he's just like, yeah. He had giant, it was like a hookah pipe of wine. It was this giant fucking. Yeah, it was that. Long was, ass stem. It was that Italian wine. I can't remember what it's called, but it's got the wicker basket, basin yeah. bottom. Yeah. And then he's like, is that your colossal bread over there? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I'm going to make a colossal sandwich. And he does. And she's like, no, I'm going to do it this time. And then she's like slices one of her wrists. I don't know what it is. I can watch somebody get their head shot off. I get squeamish when I see people slitting their wrists. It's too real. Yeah. And I'm just like, ugh. And then she does it the other wrist. It's like, see? I like how she did it where she like – it was like she was striking a violin or something. And she like was shaking a little bit, and then she went. Ugh. Not so fun fact: this actress was raped by Bill Cosby, according to IMDb. Wow, <laughs> we could have been uh, just devoid of uh, rape this week, and yeah. you decided to shoehorn that in there. It's a Bronson movie; you have to shoehorn some. Fuck, man! It's a Michael Winter movie; you got to shoehorn yeah. it. Some. All right, so so she has done it. She has cut herself, and right. she. Just so happened to buy a uh, hourglass that will. But she wants to know. It's like, how long is it going to take? And then he's like, I don't know. He goes to Arthur. You you probably know. Like, yeah. Well, how much do you weigh? Hundred and ten pounds. Ooh, about two two and a half hours. And that's where we see she she bought an hourglass that just so yeah. happened to be two and a half hours <laughs> right. worth of sand in it. First, you'll get really cold. Then you'll get sleepy. 
Lidai. So we're all just hanging out here, watching her as she's bleeding out. Right, because she's getting frustrated. She's like, you're supposed to be all getting scared and shit. And like, he doesn't give a fuck. And Arthur is noticing this. He's like, this guy's got the cold blood in this. He could do my job. Like, he- It's very interesting uh, scene here because, right. yeah, Arthur is just watching this. And he's even got kind of a disgusted look on his face, too. He's like, is this me? He's looking at his younger self. Right. This is very scary for him. But also very interesting because it's like I may have found a kindred spirit. And so, you know, Steve is just walking around the house. He's snuffing out candles. He's got he's got himself a nice beard. Rifling through the CDs. Well, the records. But, yeah, yeah, just going through all that shit. He's touching everything. He's, fucking- he's like, have you, are you dead yet? No. <sighs> My God, hurry up. And then up. she finally chickens out. It's like, well, I'm going to the hospital. So she goes to the hospital. Yeah. And she, she asks Steve. Can you take me to the hospital? You're right. I don't have the metal to do this. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. And he goes and grabs her key. If you hurry and throws the keys at her face and just bounce off. And Bronson, he gets a little smirk on his face like, fuck, this is, this is interesting. Uh, yeah, if you hurry, put the pedal to the metal, you might be able to make the Malibu uh, uh, ER in an hour. Because she's only got like an hour and a half left. She took her fucking hourglass with her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got, it does have a red digital dot, uh, readout, too, which is weird. But <laughs> So, so they go out. It's like a beach house. Apparently, beach Steve house. owns a beach house, too, because they're partying in a beach house next door. Yeah, they just walk outside of Louise's place. They had to drive here, but they walk outside <laughs> and just walk over to another place that there's partying. Right. It's the 60s, man. Crazy kids. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, Steve knows he's like, wow, you were really chill right there, you know. I'm, I'm intrigued. Like, what do you do that you just that doesn't even phase you? And he's like, he answers a question with another question, and Steve's just like, you always do that. I try to pin you in a corner, and then you just give me a question back. Oh yeah, Look another question over there. He looks, and then he's gone. Is that the little dipper I see? Bye bye. Now we cut to a nice little montage of what, what Art gets up to when he's not killing people. While you guys were out partying and trying to get hold of Janelle <laughs> on Lennon, he was studying the blade. <laughs> and we see him studying with the masters of sword fighting. We see John, uh, John Mar- Joe Marshall teaching him about the katana. Yes, of course. He's learning. And then we see this is where we see that like he's not the strong man we think he is because he has apparently some kind of heart condition because he's got to take pills every yeah. day. And then he's throwing knives at Target. He's throwing knives. We're getting cut between him and the the Bosch painting. Him Bosch painting. It's like we're seeing the, the hell that is his life. Right. It's like what is hitting him so hard? Is it the fact that he's met Steve and he's conflicted about like should I should I be mentoring this kid? Like should I take him through? I'm a disaster of a human being. Should I be like you know accommodating that? Should I turn him into somebody? Should I try to get him help, or do I turn him into me? I don't even think he's thinking that. I think he's just wor- it's like, can I trust this guy? Can I get close to this guy? Can okay. I let him into my world? Okay. That's two thing. different opinions of a uh, movie. I just don't think he has the ability to have empathy for people. He's such like, he's so closed off emotionally. That I don't think he even cares about Steve's fucking feelings. But I know we agree on this one thing. When you're really frustrated, when you just don't know, when you need to clear your head and really gather your thoughts, you go to the aquarium. Yeah, I was thinking he was just going here to get the next assignment. But no, no he's just going there to hang out. 
just turned. It just so happened that you know we went during the day, and and a school must have dropped off their kids there for you know class. One thing. I, one thing I've noticed in this movie: young people very unruly. Very unruly because there's just kids marching through. They got fucking hammers. They're just hammering on all the metal in there. Tapping on the glass to fuck with the fish. It's like, did the blue man group show up? Why are we drumming on everything? And it's getting to Bronson. He's trying to study the beautiful you know, aquatic creatures, and he's just losing his mind with all this fucking noise coming in, the snot, you know, children. <laughs> Close-up of snotty nose. Ugh. And then he has an anxiety attack. He has a panic attack. He just passes out. Wakes up, he's at some some doctor's clinic, and he's being advised. He's like, they're like, yeah, it's just a little anxiety attack. You probably should take, you know, uh, warm, low fat milk every day. Three different, you know, medications and everything. Maybe take it easy on the stairmaster. Uh, see a therapist, and that offends Arthur because he's scared of his feelings and opening up to a therapist. Yeah, so he just crumbles up the prescription, throws it in the trash, and then walks. Anything else? Yeah, you owe us some money. So the next day, Arthur notices that Steve is out in his driveway sleeping in his car. Yeah. And Steve, is he's like, what do you do? When? How long have you been here? Oh, about since midnight last night. Why? I want to learn from the master. I want to know what's going on with you. <laughs> and he's just like, well, maybe I can teach you a few things. How about, hey, we got, I got something I'm going to do today. Yeah, so the first thing we got to do is... Uh, Go for pilot lessons. Right. We see he's got a little tiny little prop plane. He's doing barrel rolls, all this acrobatic shit. And he's like, hey, how about you try it out? Yeah, take the yoke. As soon as he takes it, he goes in a fucking nosedive. Pulls up. Wow, you're a pretty good kid. How long have you been flying? 20 seconds. And he's like, I like the moxie in this guy. Let's go of, to a titty bar. Of course. Again, this is probably what his dad did with him. Brought him to a titty bar, so yeah. he, he's just trying to remember. And now he's starting to open up a little to Steve. He's like, wait, during a titty bar, he's opening up to him. Yeah, you know, it was a very was it was it's kind of like a burlesque show, really. Yeah, it was but it was weird because there was a guy in a speedo on stage. It was like a total like a guy. Hey. good enough for the goose, good enough for the gander type show. It's California, man. It's he, the hippie and days. And too. he breaks down a little about his past. Like, well, let me tell you something. My father was what's called a judge. He dis- he was the guy you came. Whenever there's a dispute between the families, he came he came in and his word was law. That was until somebody from the association didn't like what he had to say, and they had a guy from Topeka kill him. <laughs> and Steve is hanging on every word. He's not even looking at uh, you know the fine ladies or men, whatever he's into. He's not even looking at them. He's staring deep into the eyes of Art. That's hard because. Bronson has really squinty little eyes. Very small squinty, and his hair is falling into his face and everything. Right. It's very he's, hard. He has a proto-devil's lock. I think I think Glenn Danzig probably saw this movie and said, that's my hair. Yeah, and he's like, Mr. Arthur, do you play handball? Can we go play some handball? Sure, kid. I, I You're going to be biting my dust, though. And they have a nice little fun game of handball, and Steve wins. Of course he does. <laughs> but he's like, hey, best two out of three. They're bonding now, Bonding, dude. father, son. Bonding so much that he feels like he can trust Steve to come to his karate lessons. That's a big step. Me and Murray, friends for years now, we don't go to each other's karate lessons. No, you don't, you don't know where my dojo is. I don't. I don't. And I don't want to know. <laughs> Until the day's right, I don't want to know. And we see, and this is a nice little, like, 
analogy, a metaphor for what they're going through. We have the master, the old master who goes through the old ways, and the new guy who's got his own ideas of what karate should be. Yes, this is this is very good, and it really plays in too. It's some foreshadowing. So they start going at it, but he's like. They're just sparring, because if they actually hit each other, somebody be dead. Because Steve points out, why aren't they actually hitting each other? I mean, isn't that the point, to knock each other out? No. It's about the control of the whole situation. Plus, if they hit each other, like he said, they would kill each other. And then they finish, and they bow. And as the old master bows, young master cry chops him, sucker punches him, sucker chops him. Right in his fucking like shoulder or something, fucks his arm up. Yeah, and so the two square up again, and suddenly the old master just starts fucking. Well, the old master just doesn't even he no sells it. Puts his fucked up arm in his gi. Yeah, one armed destroys this fucking young dude. Absolutely demolishes. And he him. got what he deserved. He fucking sucker chopped him. And Steve is just watching this, just horrified. He's just like, he almost fucking murdered him. He's like, yeah, it's brutal. Murder is just killing without a license. Everybody kills. Okay, Bronson. <laughs> All right, so that night, I believe they're back at uh, back, Arthur's house. Yeah, we're back at Arthur's place. And Steve's just begging him for that truth. He's like, tell me about you. I want to know about you. You ever hear the word mechanic when it's not used in its usual terms? Like, yeah, that's a, it's a car dealer, like a casino. Well, that's one of the uses <laughs> for it. But no, a mechanic is a hitman. And he's like, and he's like, I'm, you know what? I think I'm gonna take you on. I'm gonna teach you the tricks of my trade. Cause you know, sometimes you need a partner on some of these missions. It gets a little hairy sometimes. Yeah. So the next day, they do a little. He's, he wants to see how how good is he with a gun, right? So he got some skeet shooting going on, and he's a fucking. This kid's a natural, man. He's just hitting every fucking skeet, and then but the show that like uh, that he's still the master. He's like. Two for me, please. And then he started, he hits two of the fucking skeets. So he's like, you got some stuff to learn, young man. Oh, yeah, he's got a lot to learn. And he's hey, a- you ever been to a wax museum? Let's go. They're just hitting all the tourists' fucking traps and shit. And it's the one, of course, it's the, the, the our favorite kind of wax museum. The, the dictators and murderers' wax museum. We got Hitler, we got Stalin, we got Mussolini. Like Mussolini! And they're just... Going, yeah, all these guys, they were killers too. But for some reason, because they were leaders, they got away with it. Nobody calls them killers. <laughs> did you hear Did you hear our one representative who was like, you know, these homeless people could pick themselves up by their bootstraps. Hitler was homeless. Yeah, look what he did. Why would you bring up Hitler? Why would you? There's never been any other homeless person who ex- did something noticeable. The guy brought up fucking Hitler. But he's like, but he breaks it down. Basically, everybody has their own book of rules on how they live their life, and he just puts it out there. Yeah. So Steve, of course, he notices. He's been noticing that uh, Arthur has that ball of wax. He's always yeah, they're at a restaurant now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And I forget. Do, does he have anything like full of wisdom to say about it? Or I don't know. I think it's just he mumbled something. Yeah, yeah the, because he never puts it to use later on. Because. Nowadays, everything's got to be telegraphed. Like, oh, obviously, he's going to karate chop somebody or do something with his hand. Right. It's it's like just to tell us that he is constantly like training himself in something that might come in useful. Right. It's not always going to come in. I like that. I right. like that a lot. 
Yeah, he shows it off by there's a little wine glass, and he puts two fingers in, s- destroys it, snaps it. Yeah, it just it slips them in there, separates his fingers, and then destroys it. It's pretty cool. So now he's ready to go on a mission with Steve. So they're back at, at Arthur's place, and they got their next target. So, of course, we're going to be going into a nice little uh, get information gathering montage here. We're, like, at the zoo, and we see, like, as the guy turns a corner, you know, Steve's standing there eating some popcorn, just noticing him, and Bronson's taking pictures. Yeah, we see a gang of guys on motorcycles, and they're, yep. like, following them. And they go to the zoo, and we see the, the least smoothest handoff I've ever seen. A guy, some super crooked-looking guy with a, a thing of popcorn and he takes a little bit, and then the guy comes, the guy they've been following comes up, he hands him the popcorn and walks they away. They dump the popcorn all over the ground and hand off the bags of white powder. Wonder what that is. Right. Yeah. And so they look on, and they see the whole exchange, and then they follow the crew back, and they're, you know, they have like a gated palatial estate or whatever. Right. So and they're staking it out. They're seeing all the cameras and everything. <laughs> and... So they're like, there's tripwire alarms. This is, they need a plan. You know? Yep. So again, we're showing Steve the ropes. We're showing the audience the ropes because we got to see him do it a little bit at the beginning. Now we're going to see it even more fleshed out right. because we're Steve. We're mm. seeing this with virgin eyes, you know? Right. So they're back at the crib and they're going over the shit. He tells Steve, I need you to get a Ford and a VW, which never really comes into play. Uh, yep. And I think he, I think all he also gets a call from the syndicate saying like you can go ahead with this mission. Right, he does. Yeah. So then, next day, back out on the mission. You still know, still staking shit out. They're not ready yet. Yeah. No, we move. We move at the right pace in this movie. We don't jump the gun. Right. And it, it was. I thought it was a golf game. It was a croquet game. I believe it was croquet. Okay. I didn't think it was golf. Well, that's weird. They're at a croquet field, but we see uh, maybe it's bocce. Yeah, maybe not an Italian thing. And we see uh, got that that gigantic telephoto uh, telescopic lens. He attaches go. to a pair of binoculars, and he hands a, a tape recorder to Steve. And he's like, and he's reading the lips of the guys as they're talking. The guy they're following, and then there's an older guy. And we learn the whole thing. There's this big, you know, the, the, that Coke is good. The the the, uh, <laughs> the shit is good. Did you gum it? I gummed it. It was right. good. It and was... he's repeating it. So like as Steve's recording what uh, Bronson's saying, and Steve's jaw is dropped because he's right. just like, "What the fuck, this guy? What is happening?" So after the sto- like the whole conversation wraps up, the last thing that Bronson says is like, "Chicken licking." Yeah. Apparently that's a key word we need to remember. Right. And then he's like, how the fuck did you do this? This is another tool of the trade, my boy. Just like the wax ball, the finger exploding finger tricks. It's, you know, he's got a lot of things in his utility belt. So they get back to the crib. Bronson makes a call to a bump shop. He's like, hey, I got some, I got a car I need work done. I got to drop it off on Thursday. Can you have it ready by Saturday? And they're like, well, we don't, we don't work. We're not open on the weekends. And he's like, perfect. Oh, that's what this call was yeah. about. So they oh. want to say that's the perfect way to get rid of a body because apparently there's some acid or some shit that they have on hand. Always acid. So they're like, all right, that's where we're going to dump the bodies. So, so now we're back at Arts. He's also got a red room for developing film. Of course he does. And he's got, you know, it's the back of the... F- what, what factor? Was this the car place that he was going to hide the bodies in or something? No, I think they're inside Arts place. I think that's just a mistake. 
Oh, no, no, I meant the photos he was oh. developing were like some kind of factory. I, so I don't even know what the fuck. It, okay. Um, Anyways. <laughs> That's but, that's when he gets the call to finish yeah, the job. Right. So now they're going to do it. So the next day, so the plan for the drug dealers is to hide the drugs in a chicken licking van. Chicken licking. And I, I don't know. Maybe KFC finally got out to California at this time because basically it's basically supposed to be KFC because it's a bucket. How much coke can you fit in one fucking bucket? This is the dumbest fucking idea for a drug. It's not a good idea. But and their idea is we're just going to carjack these guys. So fucking they just. Steve stops the truck. The guy gets out. What the fuck you doing? Arthur just fucking knocks the guy out, and they take their fucking uh, their van, the chicken licking van. It's chicken licking van. So they show up at the gates for the estate, and that's when you hear, you know, what's what's the who are you? Chicken well, I love it. We get the the uh, security readout. These totally like they're just superimposing like like. Because they're not real cameras. You can see they're literally superimposing pictures of, like, yeah. Bronson and shit on these screens. Yeah. And, like, so you think they would know who the guy is that's going to drop off? They accept that it's just J. Michael Vincent. You, no. would, you would think that they would know if you were doing, like, a, I don't know. Apparently, they're very trusting drug dealers. <laughs> well, they do because they let them in through the gate. And that's what they need. That's their entree that they needed. So they get up there. Yeah, they don't seem to waste any time, though. Like, it, this seemed to be kind of messy. Yeah, and we see uh, Arthur. He's in the back, and they got his dirt bike like strapped strapped in in the in the back of the van, like Captain America style. Exactly. Yeah, Red Brown <laughs> Captain America. So my Captain America. Steve's like, "Hey, I got your chicken." Wink, wink. He's got the bucket, and the guy comes out of the house in the foyer. Oh, that's right, because the Bronson does go in, and he's he's doing his Bronson thing. He's quietly taking people out. And then fucking uh, uh, Steve stumbles in, and he just starts shooting people. Well, no, no. What happens is Steve Steve gets the door open with the chicken licking, and then Bronson's hiding behind the, the, the side. Okay. He takes out the guard. Then they sneak in, and then they're, they're, yeah, the whole idea is to slowly take these guys out. But then a guy just happens to stumble out, bumps into Steve, and that's when Steve just starts shooting. Okay, okay. I just knew that he started fucking shooting and it got turned this into a mess. Right. So Arthur hears the, sh- the shot. He's like, fuck, we were supposed to do this silently. Yeah. So now they're like doing everything in fast forward. And hey, when you're doing things in fast forward, you miss stuff. I know that because sometimes I miss stuff in the notes when I'm fast forwarding. And one of the guys gets away on a dirt bike. He makes sure to fuck up all the other dirt bikes that are there. He takes off. But like we said, Red Brown style. Arthur Bishop's like, I got this covered. He gets on his fucking Captain you America. You get all the bodies loaded up. Of course, an old man's not going to do that job. Well, he up just, all the bodies. He now, well, yeah, and he's just like, you fucked up. You get to do the shit job. Exactly. I'm going to take care of this shit. I'm gonna my do- name is, like, my reputation is on the line here. Right. Well, he's not even supposed to have, we're about to learn. He's not right. even supposed to have anybody with him. Right. Like, this is this is not a, a job where you can just say, well, hey, I brought a friend. He probably could have if he got permission, but he Maybe. didn't ask for permission. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, the best way is to not ask permission, but beg for forgiveness. So we get a very long dirt bike chasing. We get the scene. These people, Daddy, it's that noise again. It's like rich people, like yeah. barbecue. And, and what is it? Like grown women that call their father Daddy. Ugh. Creepy. And so he's chasing up. <laughs> Thank God. This is the 70s. There's a lot of cliffs in the 70s. Yes. So the guy that that Browns is chasing goes off a cliff and explodes. It's like there's an, there isn't enough gas in a dirt bike to get the explosion that we get from this dirt bike blowing up. 
All right, so after we've got a nice dirt bike explosion, the boys, they're going to be dumping the bodies into that acid bath you talked about. Right, this is, this is I'm getting, I'm like liking this, man. I'm like, acid bath. I'm yeah, liking. and, uh, you know, they're just going to be heading back home. And, of course, as soon as Bronson walks in the door, he's getting a call. Right. Yeah, spare me a moment. You know, his, his boss wants to meet with them. Right, he's pissed. Yeah. He's like, I want you here now, not yesterday, now. So he's like, I got a meeting I got to do. You take care. You start keep working on what I've been teaching you. That's right. So he gets on a plane, a train, an automobile, and he finally meets up with the man, the guy running this shit. This guy's a very sophisticated guy. He's got a fucking cheetah on a leash. got a goddamn cheetah on a leash. Like, it looks so dumpy. Like, it was like a fucking... It's like one of those things, like lawn furniture, the thing that holds an umbrella. He had the thing chained to that. Yeah, that's going to hold it down. Yeah, they could just... It was so stupid. He's like painting the fucking cheetah. Yes, he was. That was classy. That's what rich people do. Yeah. That's my kind of billionaire. Just staying behind the scenes painting cheetahs. Right. And he's like, I don't like, who's the Steve guy? What's going on with this shit? I just thought he could, you know, I could use some help on this job. Right. I mean, you're always going to need super skillful murderers. And, you know, why not have one that's trained under my tutelage? That seems like a win-win for you. And the guy's like, look. Arthur, I trust you. You're the best. But a lot of the other guys in the association, they don't like this, all right? So you need to get your shit together, all right? We, you know, you got to let us know what you're doing. Yeah. And he's like, well, okay, maybe I will do that. He's like, but I am a little pissed, so I need you to plug a hole. Usually this job is beneath you, but because you kind of fucking pulled a fast one on me, I got a rat that you need to... Right, this Shut guy, up. he's gonna fucking squeal on us any moment. You, it's got to be done fast. Yeah, and I know you don't work fast, but you got to get this shit done fast to get him our good graces. And he's like, "You got to go to Italy." This guy's in Italy. Yeah, so they're like, "Look, I, we got to put everything back in balance. Right. All the planets are not aligned right now. Got to get, got to get in my good graces again." So we're going back home. We're getting the envelope. Where's Steve? Right. So this was this was kind of stupid kind of scene to get to where we needed to go because he goes to Steve's and Steve's door is open. He went to Steve's. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was Steve's place. Yeah. I thought he the was. The door I, was literally open. Like yeah. I thought, like something happened to Steve. Well, that's what he thought. Maybe it was just all the people partying left the door yeah, open because be. you know we've seen his party pad. So he goes in and he pulls a griff. And immediately, now he says, he's like, Steve, where are you? Steve. And he sees not there. Now it's time to rifle. And he starts rifling through Steve's shit. And it's, this is the one good time to rifle because he sees that Steve has a dossier on him. Oh, shit. And he's like, fucking shit. So he's just like, I thought I could trust this fucking guy. You can see the heartbreak in those squinty little eyes. Yeah. And so, of course, after... Digesting all this information, he's going to go back home, put on a smoker's jacket, have a pipe, and Steve arrives later that night, and of course, uh, Art's ta- Arthur's taking his pills. and yeah, Mixing and booze with fucking pills. Smart. Yeah. It's yeah. always smart, especially when you're in advanced stage. Where have you been? I called you at nine, and he's like, I just had something I had to do. Yeah. What? what what's going on here? Why are you so irritated? We got a new mission. And he throws the folder onto Steve's lap. Bone up on this job. And we're going to go to Italy. And then he's like, I got to go to bed. (laughs) 
So straight off the bed. I mean, that's the responsible the thing to do when you're that old. And also when you've been mixing – he probably shouldn't go to bed after he's been mixing booze and pills. He's not going to wake up. Anyways, uh, but Art wakes up, Arthur, and he's got all the details on Steve as they montage. And he creates his own dossier on Steve. He's like – if he's coming for me, I got to come for him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right. He starts writing down. He's got a fucking 4,000-page little notebook, and he's writing everything. And by the time the, this little montage Steve's of Steve. Inseam, I don't know why I need to know that. His shoe size. But that's how height, ridiculous weight. he is. Yeah, exactly. Blood type. How long his hair is. Scar, well, tiny scar on his arm. Yeah. So by the time the montage ends, he's on the very last page of that notebook. 4,000 pages all about Steve. So maybe right. he is a little gay for him. That's a, a lot of he's, detail. He's a professional. He is. So now they're in Italy, and they got their target. They're watching him. They're at a restaurant watching him. Yeah. Uh, again, we got to go through the whole routine again. We got to do all the the surveying and everything. But now we're. I mean, even uh, even Arthur knows how to relax a little bit. So he's like, I know a great place. Uh, this guy's name is Vinny, and. It's not quite like the American Vinny, but he's he's close. Right. They have a nice Vinny pastrami with nacho cheese and drizzle of cilantro on top of it. The most important part, he's like, the pastrami's not the same, but you know what's better at this place? The, the balsamic. The balsamic. <laughs> I was going to say the wine, but yeah. You ever had a Plex Caesar salad? <laughs> you ever had it in Italy? Yeah. What's the tomato ratio on that one? <laughs> the Italian one, it's actually 75% red, 25% green. Oh, okay. I don't remember the ratios, but yeah. What's really important here is that he gets his favorite bottle of wine. They make it right here. It is the best wine. You can see the women of- crushing it with their feet right now. Yeah, and you do see them. Yeah, because Steve, being the fucking child he is, he's just chugging it. You don't chug wine. Murray, you've watched me drink wine. You you savor every little bit of it, even right. if it's only a you $10 actually, you, bottle. Yeah, you're like a cat. You just lick, lick it up. That's how I do it. Yeah. I got a little saucer, and I just hold it up to my face and just let my tongue. You just, you just let your mustache absorb it, <laughs> and then you just. You I, yeah, when I want a slow burn, you know, that's what I do. I just let it absorb into my mustache. So... That so this is another lesson for uh, Steve to learn. Savor it. Don't crush it. Understand every detail. Be dead sure. So so this is again playing into what he's training him up to do: be a murderer and every, about wine. Yeah, everything's a lesson. It's know? it's like uh, everything is the Fibonacci sequence. Right. So they're back in their hotel room. They got the photos that they made, surveilling, and then Steve's like. He's pacing around yeah. the room. The rim's not going to get any wider. Right. That was a great front. <laughs> it was all over. And he's like, why don't you go out and fuck a whore or something? So Steve's like, that sounds like a great idea. Walks out, immediately gets catcalled some ugly old ladies. Like, Ar- Bella, Bella, what the fuck are you? I did notice that Arthur gave him that cold dagger stare as he shut the door, too. Well, right, because he's up to no good. Yeah. Anyways, back into you know the surveillance they're watching over a boat that's off in the well, it's bay. It's not a boat. It's a yacht. Excuse me. It was a yacht. Yes. They're target with his lady friend, and they decide they're going to follow because they're just going along the coastline in the yacht, so they're following them along the coastline in their car. And they're just, like they said, they're just surveilling. They get out. They got the fucking uh, 
camera with the telescopic lens. We're taking pictures of the boat. So, again, this is all here, or Arthur, you know, taking all the pictures, doing all the meticulous work he does. We can see Steve in the background just like, oh, can we just kill this fucking guy already? Like, he's right there. We could just shoot him right now. It's not a big deal. But it is a big deal. Right. If you're going to be a professional that's going to last, you got to do it the right way. So now we've got all of our pictures. we got to go back, and we got to study them, much to Steve's, you know. Well, because they're looking for patterns. And, like, this guy has no patterns. He just does whatever the fuck he wants to do every day. How are we going to, like, you know, how do we know when to hit? And Arthur's already got a plan. You scuba kid? Good. Because, of course, he scubas. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm certified. So now they're going to do the hit. And they see the boat off right off the coast. He's like, study every inch of this map. Yeah. Which they don't need yeah, at all. But, uh, yeah. you know, but but he's like, he's a pro. He's like, I, this, you might need it. Here's the details. Here's the things you need to think about before you go into a mission. And as they're getting ready, putting on their scuba gear, he's like, uh, tell Steve, give me the deets on this fucking boat. Steve's got it. So he right. still does listen. It's just he's very... Um, very upset that he has to know these details. Well, he wants to do things his way is the right. problem. And so now they, they swim out to the boat. We got to get out there before, you know, break, uh, light breaks. Right. They get on the boat because they're like, where does the target sleep? Where does that guy sleep? Steve knows it all. I don't know how he knows that, but yeah. he's like, I know it all. It was on that map. <laughs> Do they sleep? <laughs> yeah. They get on the boat and, you know, they get into position and everything, and then they start hearing something, and Steve turns to Arthur. He's like, I think we've been set up. Well, no. What they do is they pull the fucking blanket back. It's the old fucking pillow oh, trick. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. And then he's like, we've been set up. And then, then they, they have been set up, and then a guy behind the door starts stumbling everywhere, making all this noise. Yeah. So fucking Arthur, Arthur. just shoots them through the door. And then there's a guy on the outside that Steve gets and shoots them, and they're like, fuck. And now, you know, Steve's out on the bow of the boat, and he's just like, there's some speedboats approaching. That's Yeah, and then they're like, they're coming to kill us. He's like, how do they know? Obviously, we know. We're going to learn how they know. Yeah. So Art, Arthur has some thing was that they were going to use some time bombs to blow up this, this boat. That's so right. So he's like, we're still going to do that. Let's get the fuck out of here. So he sets the bomb up. They get back in their their, their gear. Yep. Jump back they, in the boat. They get all the way over to the beach again, and they're just watching in. And you know, Steve's like, "When's that bomb gonna explode?" Right about now. I've got a little tweet for our friends on the boat. Little tweet. <laughs> and it blows up with this speedboat guy. So like, now yeah, that's it. And then they see up on the road. There's some more goons, and they're like, "Oh fuck, we got to get that fuck out of here." So they jump in their car and take off, and we get a, a car chase because it's the 70s. We have to have a car chase. Yeah. And so now now that we have this high-stakes high, high chase happening, you know, Steve's like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, uh, you know the man? Those are his men, and they're after us. They're not too pleased with me for inviting you along. I broke the rules. Right. <laughs> Steve doesn't give a fuck about the rules at all. So... He uh, does a thing where he's like, he sets the, the the time bombs for like two seconds, drops them out the fucking window of the car, blows up the pursuing cars. They're like, ah, oh, we did it. No, we didn't. There's a roadblock right up there. So they're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah. So he's like, prepare me that other bomb. Set it to 15 seconds. Microwave timing here. Right. Definitely microwave timing. 
So their plan is going to be to jump out of the car, wedge the bomb onto the gas pedal, have it just fucking rush into the roadblock ahead. So that's exactly what they do. They're getting they're under heavy fire, but after that explosion, everyone just gets kind of, you know. Yeah, then there's because there's guys like guards like were hiding in the bushes. So they're shooting at them. Steve is just shooting randomly. He's not even aiming at anybody, wasting his bullets. And they just have a shootout, take out a bunch of guys. They run to the other side of the robot, jump in one of the, the goons' cars that they brought, and uh, they start driving off, but they're like, we're not going to be able to get away fast enough. So Arth- Arthur's like, I spotted a bulldozer. Why don't you go ahead and stop? I got a little tweak. Well, they also realize they're out of bullets, so they're like, we're fucked. Yeah. Bro. So again, he's got another little tweet for his friends. I'll give him points though he hotwired it there was no key laying on there was no john cusack key laying everywhere jesus john cusack so he hotwired and i would believe he didn't know how to work a bulldozer i agree 100 percent. and there's because there's one car left and the car just runs in the bulldozer and these knock because they're they're like on a road it's right on a cliffside yeah see? it's italy it's all just very tiny yeah. narrow roads and cliff sides make sense in italy not in california so it was very sloppy but the mission succeeded that's right and they're back in their room and they're celebrating with that fucking tasteful italian vinny wine yeah, he's ready to fucking leave he's packing his shit up whoa 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 let's have some wine. when's the next time we're gonna be in italy that's right you told me you gotta savor the fine things let's savor this beautiful wine i bought I, you turned your back and i bought some he's like oh so he gets a glass, and suddenly he's turned into Steve, and he glugs the wine. Because he, yeah, he wants to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And then he takes a second, and he looks at the wine, and there's Steve cutting a little prone. Arrivederci, my friend. It's like, wait, where did you pick that language up? He's like, you probably appreciate this. I, he, he, he says some kind of poison. He's like, yeah, I just coated your inside of your glass with it, and it let it dry. And then when I put the wine in, it became a, it became a liquid again. So you're going to die, and it's going to make it look like a heart attack. What was this because of your dad? I thought the old fucker died of a heart attack. No, I don't give a shit. I just want to – I'm going to reinvent Hitman. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to go freelance, baby. None of this studying shit. No more. No more studying. I'm just going to start fucking murdering people. And – I guess Arthur was trying to kid himself because he's like, I'm just going to get my bags and walk away. And as soon as he tries to get his bag, he just keels over. Right, and has that heart attack. And Steve just smugly looks at him and walks off. He gets back to... uh, He left his car at Arthur's place. He's got to go pick it up. Yeah, but he's going to take a little you know, walk through Arthur's place. Yeah, this might be his place now. He's just like, hey. And he's like checking it out, puts on a little... he, He fucking takes out... The fucking classical music puts the eagles on. Ah, oh, fucking eagles. That's just... Playing with the wax ball and everything. And he then... wanted to be Arthur so bad. Right. And then he gets in his car, headed, getting ready to head home. And he sees a little note hanging on the rear view. Dear Steve. A little more microwave timing. <laughs> if you've read this, I'm probably dead. And good luck because you just op- you set off like a, set off a fuse. It's 13 seconds and you're going to die. And then he's like, no! And then boom! And then that's it. I love it. It just, it just fucking... You see the credits and it's over. It's a fucking great movie. It's a brutal movie. It's, it's, it really paces itself well. I, I don't know. Is there a scene in this you would cut out? Let's do this bit. 
Um, no, because I think everything told was important to the. And none of the scenes lingered either. No. Like, everything had a little tension to it. It had a little excitement to it. It was cool to see how he set up his little Rube Goldberg traps and tricks and studied everything. It's fucking good. Right. So we're going to do something next week to show you how you can fuck it up. (laughs) We've never done this before. We might do it again sometime. It depends on if people like it or not. We did the 72 mechanic. Next week, we're going to do the 2011 mechanic with Jason Statham. I have a feeling it's it, it's directed by our favorite director, Simon West, from last week's Con Air. Fucking Christ. Thankfully, it's 90 minutes. I okay. wouldn't have done this if it was two hours. Yeah, well, which is why we probably will never do the Red Dawn re- Wait, is it the Red Dawn remake only an hour ni- hour uh, 30? kind of have to just because it's, it's set in my, my hometown. But that's for another day. But, yeah, we're going to check out this. I've... I, we've never seen it. I'm sure it's got one of the most ridiculous, bombastic fucking action sequences in it. We've been talking about this movie, the meticulous. I already looked the oh, looked action. at like the summary. He already works for some. He doesn't work for the mob. He works for a secret organization. Yeah, you know? Okay. So it's already sounds awful. But hey, who knows? We might be surprised. We'll see. But a modern movie on this podcast doesn't happen every day. That's right. So we'll see you next week and keep it warm.